Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, good morning. Y'all doing all right? How many Texas Tech football fans do I have in here? That dude smashed that ball, by the way. That was amazing. That was so cool. I had, I had an invite, a free ticket to the game from somebody in our church that I'm looking at right now. And I had to study for this message, so I didn't get to be at that game. So what I'm saying is you're welcome. You're welcome. I sacrifice for the kingdom, right? No. <clears throat> um, if it is your first time to Renew Life Church, welcome. In fact, if you're here, let's give them a big hand. Welcome them to church. Thanks so much for being at Renew Life. My name is Keith, and I'm the campus pastor here. I'm just really, really excited that you're with us today and excited to get to share the message. I'm excited that we get to come to a church where we don't just do church, right? We actually come and we, 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 we seek after the Lord. We want him to actually touch our life. We actually want to hear from him. We actually want him to move. How many, how many of you in here believe that God is still moving, that he's still healing, that he's still speaking, right? That he's still doing things through his church, if that's true, well, then that means that it's more than just about the pastor on the stage. It's more than about just the worship, right? That, 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 that God is in you. That he has something to give this church that's in you. You have something to give to the people around you today. And I just really want to encourage you um, and let you know, like, your, your gift is welcome here. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, even your gift. <laughs> your gift is welcome here. What you bring, what... Uh, the, the wisdom that you have, the understanding, the, the life lessons that you the things that you've experienced. I want you to know, I want those here in this body because this body needs what you have. Fathers and mothers in the room, hear me. There's some little chitlins walking around in here that need your wisdom, right? Why? Because we don't know nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm lumping myself into the younger crowd right now. We don't, we don't know nothing. We need, we need, we need what you have. We need what you bring. This church needs what you bring. You know, we are, um, we are, I think we are eight months old as a church. We launched in March. For those of you who don't, don't know, uh, we launched in March, and, and uh, things have just been going very, very well. Um, it's been amazing. We've we launched our home churches. Um, what month is it? It's November. We launched sometime ago. I can't remember. And they have been, how many of you are going to a home church? We have a lot of people going to home churches. Wow. That's amazing. Um, they have been, they've been amazing. Uh, let's see, we got, we got some of our home church pastors in here. How many go to Blake and Vicky's home church? Oh, they like you a little bit. They like you a little. How many all go to Dan and Natalie's home church? Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't count though. They had a, they had a warning before. So how many all go to Blake and Vicky's home church? There we go. He stood up on that one. He stood up. <laughs> Oh man, our home church pastors are amazing. They've just been telling me um, just how how awesome these uh, these home churches have been going. And and just so you know, we we call them home churches for a reason uh, because they're more than just a home group. And they're, these these guys are more than just home group leaders. Uh, we believe there's a a call on their life. They are called to ministry. And uh, this is a place where we believe that that we've provided for you to get discipled. This is the place for you to go and to, and to grow and to learn. And um, how many know you can get a little bit out of Sunday, but you can get a lot more out of real life face-to-face relationship? When you have real life conversations, 
And you say, look, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I need help in. This is where you get to ask questions. I'm sorry, but no questions today during my message because that would just kind of throw some things off. But hey, where do you get to do that? You get to go and ask questions at home church. And we're, we're, uh, we're about to close our semester, our season. Uh, this next week is our last one. And, uh, but if you, and if you haven't jumped in, just go ahead and come to the last one. It's okay. Uh, you might as well jump in right now and, and attend and meet some people. So I have no idea why I'm talking about home churches, so I'm going to go ahead and get, get to my message today. Um, about three weeks ago, I started to talk to you uh, just about what it meant to belong to Jesus. What it means to belong to Jesus. What should our life look like for those of us who are saved and who belong? We belong to Jesus. Have you noticed that there are benefits to belonging to something? There are benefits to belonging to someone. If you, are, if, you, if you are a part of a country club, there are benefits to being a part, to belonging to that country club, right? If you, we, we all, all of us Texas Tech fans, we got the benefit of belonging to the Texas Tech football team this week, this week, okay? <laughs> Other weeks, we'll, we'll have to see, but this week, we had some benefits, right? Um, the, the, if, you, if you look at just the people that you're connected to, the people you have really, really close relationship. I, I would say it this way, the people that you belong to. There's actually some benefits to belonging to them. I used the example not too long ago. Uh, if you, if you are, are highly connected to a friend who, who has a boat, guess what? You kind of have a boat. If you got a friend who has a cabin in the mountains, preferably next to a ski resort, guess what you have? You kind of have a cabin in the mountains, right? And I'm just going to say, like, if, you've, if you have a cabin in the mountains, your pastor would love to be your friend. All right? I would love just to get to know you for you, just for you, for you. <clears throat> but there are, there's, there's benefits. There's benefits to belonging. And we see, I want you to understand today that we belong to something and we belong to someone. We belong to the kingdom of God and we belong to Jesus. And there are benefits to belonging to the kingdom. There are benefits to belonging to Jesus. One of the benefits to belonging to Jesus and belonging to the kingdom is that we will lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. One of the benefits to belonging to the kingdom is that we live in a happy marriage. We actually like our spouse. We have a life-fulfilling, life-giving marriage. One of the benefits of, of, of belonging to the kingdom and, and belonging to Jesus is that we don't have to live a life subjected to fear, anxiety, and worry, but we've actually been given a thing called faith and we've been given the victory and we can actually live a happy, joyful, righteous, pure, holy life because we belong to someone. We belong to the kingdom. We belong to Jesus. I want you to look at your neighbor. You're like, gosh, is this really one of those churches where I got to talk to my neighbor? I don't even know. Yes, it is. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you belong to Jesus. In fact, I want us all just to say this out loud, this declaration out loud and say, I belong to Jesus. I belong to the kingdom. This is something that would be a really good thing to be able to, to, to start speaking over yourself. Because when we, when we begin to realize what we belong to and who we belong to, life changes. We start to approach life differently. That problem that is in your life, that thing that you keep coming up against, you start to see it a lot different when you realize you belong to Jesus. 
there, there are no, I love Steve Backlund says this, there are no hopeless situations, there's only hopeless people. Every hopeless situation is looking for a person that is filled with hope. When you belong to Jesus, guess what you have? Hope. You realize who you're rolling with. You realize who's on your side. You see, you, you, you belong. You belong to Jesus. And I got really good news for you today. You didn't, you didn't earn this belonging. There's nothing that you did that made you belong to Jesus. There's nothing that you can do to get you kicked out of the country club. There's nothing that you can do to get you kicked out of the kingdom because you did nothing to get in and you can't do anything to get out because it actually has nothing to do with what you have done. It has nothing to do with your works. It actually, it actually involves only one work and it was the work of Jesus on the cross. And when he gave his life up for you and when you accepted him by believing by faith, guess what? You got ushered in, picked up out of the kingdom of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. And now there are benefits to your life that people who aren't living in the kingdom do not get. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But you do have it. You belong to Jesus. You belong to the kingdom. Today, I want to talk to you about one of those benefits, one of the benefits of belonging to Jesus. So if you have your Bible, open up to Romans chapter 8, and um, this is going to be a little bit of a read, and, I, and I'll just be honest, um, <clears throat> you know, Paul is notorious, the Apostle Paul is notorious for this. He kind of, he kind of jumps around. I don't know if y'all have noticed this as, he, as you read through Scripture, but he's like going down one train of thought. And then he just is kind of like jumps to the other thing and then kind of comes back. This is kind of what is happening in this scripture, but I, I want you just to hang on as, as best you can. Uh, Romans chapter eight, we're going to read verses one through 14. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's what someone needs to say amen right there. I know we've heard it a lot of times, but I want you to realize you don't have any condemnation today. You don't have to live in guilt or shame because you belong to Jesus. Verse 2 says, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. I love how Paul kind of switches right here and he lets us know who we really are. He says, but you, come on, say me. He's talking to believers here. He says, but you are not controlled by your sin sinful nature. Here's a good word for you today. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are not controlled by that thing called your flesh. 
that thing that urges you to do things opposite of the word of God, opposite of the kingdom of God, opposite of the ways of God. Paul wants you to know you are not subject to that. You see, you, you, you don't belong. You don't belong to your sinful nature. You don't belong to that flesh. You're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you so that even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, say power of the Spirit. If through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Today, I want to talk to you around the idea of living by the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, that's the title of my message, Living by the Power of the Holy Spirit. Let's just take a moment and pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your guidance. We just thank you for your help. Yeah, Lord, I, I thank you that this word is life today, that it's living and breathing, that it actually affects us. It changes us. And so right now, just as people, we... We open up our heart. We open up our mind. We say, God, come and change us. Come and transform us. Come and take old mindsets and old ways of thinking and bring your way of thinking. Yeah, we just say, your kingdom come, your will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Have you ever been trying to accomplish something and um, it gets difficult and you, you, you think of this phrase or you say this, this phrase out loud, there's got to be a better way. Anybody ever thought that before? Anybody ever said that out loud when you were doing something? There's, there's just, there's just got to be a better way. Some of y'all came to church today with your family and you had a, you had a ride to church and you, you showed up and you thought, there's got to be a better way. And I've got it for you. It's called separate vehicles. Riding separate vehicles, it really, it actually helps. No, there's got to be, there's got to be a better way. I, um, my mind immediately goes to, uh, to like being handy and using tools because uh, I don't know if I've shared as many examples here as I have with the other church in Midland, but I am the, the least handy person in the room. And I, and I've, I've, I've been in many situations where I've tried to put something together, together and I thought, there's got to be a better way. And I found the better way. Dan. Dan's the better way. Money. Just pay someone to do it, right? There's got to be. I'm sure the person who, 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 was just, who had that screwdriver and was doing it over and over and over again, he, he probably thought, there's got to be a better way. And guess what? Now we have power drills. I love, I love this thought because it, it actually, I think, is the thought that has created and invented many of the things that we love and that we enjoy. I, uh, how many of you grew up with dial-up internet? You know what I think happened? The person sitting in front of that computer listening to that sound. 
You know the sound I'm talking about? They thought, gosh, there's got to be a better way. I cannot do this any longer. I, uh, <clears throat> I was kind of trying to think of some stories and some examples. And, and uh, I remember when me and Natalie had our first kid and, and we, uh, we ventured into the world of car seats. How many of y'all ever tried to install a car seat? How many of you need deliverance from installing that car seat, right? Like you, you would think that they would think of a better way. And, and I remember with, I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten all six, four of my body into small vehicles and pushed down and done whatever. And I, I just remember when we had our, our first kid and it's like, we had, we had the car seat and then what else do you have? You have the little, the base that's in your car, right? But you also have a stroller that's, that, that somehow is supposed to fit in your car. Like you have a seven pound baby and you have 70 pounds of equipment for this little child, right? And you, you have to reach over and click it out and then click it in. And I was like, God, there has got to be a better way. And we just had our, our third kid uh, almost two years ago. And I don't know if you've heard of these, but someone made the best thing ever. I see actually two of them in the building. Have y'all ever heard of a Duna? For those of you who don't know what a Duna is, let me just change your life for just a second. You're going to be mad because you're going to wish that you had one when you had kids. They created a car seat stroller combined. The legs fold up into the car seat and you can click it in. And when you get them out, you just click a little button. The legs and the wheels pop out and boom, stroller, boom, kingdom, boom, Jesus. <laughs> All just like that. Just like that. It's amazing. They, they're, they're like, someone literally thought, oh yeah, I'm tired of doing this. There's got, there's got to be a better way. You know, I, I believe a lot of you are like me and you've had, you, you've been living out your relationship with God. You've been trying to do the right thing. You've been trying to live like the Bible teaches, but you've probably come to these moments where you failed where it hasn't worked out, where there's been a lot more losses than there have been wins. And in your mind, I don't know if you've ever said it out loud, but in your mind, you're thinking when it comes to your relationship with God, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better way. Because this thing that I'm trying, I'm, I, I, this sin that I'm dealing with, I don't seem to be able to get over it. This mistake that I, I just keep making this mistake over and over and over. In your marriage, you're kind of thinking, man, I, there, there, there's got to be, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way when it comes to the people that I work with and me trying to get in, in a, have a, a good relationship with them. There, there's got to be a better way. I know the Bible teaches about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And I've got none of those. There's got to be. There's got to be a better way. And I want you to know today there is a better way. And that better way is called living by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's called living by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear me today. When you were born again, you were created with a dependency for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. When you were born again, you are created with a dependency for the Holy Spirit. You, you, you are actually created to depend on the Holy Spirit. I know this is really, really simple, but I need you to, to remember this today. As a believer, you are called to be led by the Spirit. 
You were given the Holy Spirit so that he could lead you. I find it really, really interesting in Acts chapter two when the Holy Spirit came and it falls on the first believers. Guess what? Guess what they didn't have that you have? They didn't have the word of God. Think about this. The first believers, they didn't have a Bible to go to. You know who they had? They had the person of the Holy Spirit. They had to depend on him. And I wonder today, because of all the podcasts we can get our hands on and because of all the good churches we can go to and and whatever else, I wonder if we depend on the Holy Spirit as much as we should. We were made this way. We were created this way. To depend on the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, Paul, I believe he's, he's beginning to talk to us. He's, he's trying to get us to, um, to understand this. And if we could just take like a 10,000 foot view of Romans chapter eight, you know what I think he's actually saying? I think he's actually trying to say, hey, there's a better way. There's a better way to live. There's a better way to walk. There's a better way to think. There's a better way to go about this whole Christianity thing that you're trying to do. It's called living by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 2 says this. It says, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is actually a part of belonging to Jesus. (laughs) Belonging to Jesus doesn't, doesn't just doesn't just bring heaven to earth and everything just works out great like that. Anybody else ever, ever experienced that or experience it right now? Like, oh yeah, there's this whole thing where we have to like actually do something, right? We actually have to live this thing out. We actually have to believe. We actually have to work through things. And Paul wanted us to get, get this, this, this very first thing. He wanted us to, to grab a hold of this fact. If you belong to Jesus, I want you to realize that the power of the life-giving spirit has been placed on the inside of you. And it's this power that actually helps you overcome. It's this power that actually helps you overcome, yes, even this thing called your flesh. This other way scripture describes it is your sinful nature. Now, I'm sure none of you have this nature, so I'll just talk about me today. But this thing that's on the inside of us that doesn't want us to respond the nice way when someone says something bad to us. There's this thing on the inside of us that doesn't want to do the right thing. There seems to be this, part, this thing that's a part of us that doesn't want to get up and get our kids ready and get all the way to church. I know, I know you don't, you don't deal with this. I'm talking about me, me, right? Like there's just, there seems to be this thing in me. <clears throat> and Paul says the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. It's actually freed you from this flesh or this sinful nature that I'm talking to you about today. He goes on in verse nine, he says, if you're controlled by the sinful nature, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature, you're controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. I wanna skip down to verse 12. He goes on and says this, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. 
But if through the power of the Spirit, this is what I want you to get a hold of today. If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I wanted to say this to you today. If you're trying to face life's challenges without the, the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't win. If you're trying to face that sin in your life without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't win. If you're trying to overcome that thing that you can't seem to overcome without the power of the Holy Spirit, hear me, you will win some battles, but you will not win the war. Because we were not created to overcome in and of ourselves. We were created to overcome with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why he says in verse he says in verse 13, it says, it's through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh. Hear me today. You cannot defeat the flesh by trying to defeat the flesh. You cannot defeat your sinful nature by trying to tame your sinful nature. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me today? Many believers, many Christians live their life trying to tame their flesh. This is what they do. They just, they just a slap on the, on the wrist every time. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, no. We don't tame the flesh. We don't, we don't get over the sin in our life. We don't overcome the mistakes in our life by trying to overcome our mistakes. We don't overcome the flesh by trying to tame the flesh. You know how we do it? We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we put to death the deeds of our flesh. And many of us, let me make it a little bit more plain. Here's what we call taming the flesh. We call it discipline. We call it willpower. And because we can't get over this thing, we try to discipline ourselves and discipline ourselves and discipline ourselves. And we, we, we try, to, try to overcome in and, in and of ourselves and our own strength. We just, uh, I just, I can't say that anymore. I'm going I'm to make sure that, you know, I listen to worship music on the way to work so that I don't cuss at people in traffic. You know, oh, okay, not, not y'all. Again, again, not y'all. But you, you try to do all these things. And can I just say, discipline's good. Discipline, willpower, you should have it but you'll never overcome without the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember, and this has just been happening to me, happening to me over the last four or five years. Um, but, uh, I've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in the realm of just, just kind of anger and self-control. And I've really seen, I've really seen the Lord kind of help me with my anger and help me with my self-control. Um, <clears throat> If, if I'll just say this, I don't want to, I'm not speaking this over, over you, but if you have kids, you probably have anger problems. <laughs> kids know how to just push you to the, just the, past the brink, right? Like off the stage, not just like here, like off the stage, right? And as I've kind of been parenting for 10 years now and doing my best, there'd be times when I'd get angry. There'd be times when I wanted to say something that I shouldn't say or be more harsh or raise my voice and get my point across. And I've been experiencing something that honestly, it won't sound supernatural, but it's been supernatural to me. I've literally had moments when I've gotten so angry and I went, I went to, to express my anger 
I went to actually, I was about to explode and raise my voice, be loud, be harsh. And it was like in a moment, as soon as the, the anger rose up, I, felt, I literally would feel something come in and push it right back down. It, 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 and it wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't my willpower. It wasn't my discipline. It wasn't my strength. No, it was something supernatural. Here I go to get real, real mad and say something, and all of a sudden there would just be this little bitty moment where I would know I could stop it. And if I would, and if, when, when I would just give in to that little thing, all of a sudden it would be like, it would be like I, was, I was inflating like a balloon, and all of a sudden it was like someone went, and I was like, and then I would calmly say, go get the spoon. I wouldn't shout it, but I would still say it. <clears throat> but I've seen moments where I've been able to direct and parent my kids. And I've said the exact same thing I would have said out of anger, but I say it with control. And I say it with love. And I'll even tell you this, I'm actually even still angry about it when I do it. I actually still feel the emotions of anger, the emotions of anger. And it's like something comes over me and helps me speak and love and discipline the right way. You know what I believe is actually happening? I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is putting to death the deeds of the flesh. It's a moment it's a moment that I've experienced where I can see the power of the Holy Spirit. Because in and of myself, oh, there ain't no control in my anger or self-control. I actually moved to Lubbock so that, so that I could have a fresh start with all the youth programs around here because I've been known to get kicked out of those as I've coached before. Just saying, just being vulnerable, right? Probably shouldn't have said that, but now you know that about me, right? <laughs> Seemed I always find myself saying something I shouldn't say, not anything, not cussing, okay? I'm just telling them how it should be, because I know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I've gotten angry. There are moments when the anger has got the best of me. I make a joke now, even to the, the people I'm closest with, like, yeah, the other day I was at the football field and I was having to calm people down. Like, there's a problem if I'm calming people down, right? But that's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's living by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know today, you cannot be a good husband without the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot love your wife like the Bible wants you to love her without the power of the Holy Spirit. Wives, you cannot respect your husband without the power of the Holy Spirit. Single people, you cannot stay pure without the power of the Holy Spirit. The list goes on and on of all the things that we're called to do and the ways that we are supposed to live but it actually takes the power. It actually takes him. I want you to hear me today. You were not created to labor for God. You were actually created to co-labor with him. We're not, we're not, we're not here to labor for him. We're here to co-labor. He wants to come and say, Dan, I, I'm, I'm gonna help you here. Oh, you're struggling with this thing. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Co-labor with me. Lean in to me. Let the power of the Holy Spirit come up and well up 
from on the inside of you. Is this making any sense to you today? I'm talking to you about a new way of thinking. I'm talking to you about a new way of living. This is so much more. Today, I'm talking to you about so much more than just, than just overcoming sin. This is so, it's so much bigger than just overcoming sin. While that is a part of it, we should be waking up every day and saying, Holy Spirit, what are you leading me to do today? I'm made to, lead, to be led by you. I'm made to co-labor with you. This life in the kingdom, this life of belonging to Jesus, it looks like me and you and you and me doing this thing together. And I lay down my right to do it in my own strength. I lay down my want to do it in my own strength. I lay down my trust issues because I want to control everything and I want to do it. I lay it down and I say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? How do you want me to live? Come on, we've all been, we've all experienced the church camp experience before, right? You go and you get all fired up and you get all fed and then you come home and what happens? Let's just be super honest today. The fire goes out. It goes out. Some of you, some of you have maybe even beat yourself up because the fire went out. Let me just, let me just tell you something today. The fire is meant to go out because he wants a new fire to start and it's the relationship with the Holy Spirit. He didn't create us to live off of a really cool summer youth camp experience. He created us to have a relationship with the person. His name is Holy Spirit. have time to get into uh, the rest I wanted to share today. Um, just to kind of give you a <clears throat> really quick practical way to do this. I don't, don't have time to read it, but Paul said, he said to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Some of you might be wondering, how do I live this life? How do I live by the power of the Holy Spirit? I got a really easy way for you to do it. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Where, where do we find the things of the Spirit? We find it in the word of God. Hear me. I, I, I want to I read this to you. I felt like the Lord said this. An unrenewed mind doesn't work well with the spirit. An unrenewed mind. In fact, an unrenewed mind eventually becomes a mind set on the flesh. You see, it's a renewed mind. It's a renewed mind that actually works really, really well with the spirit of God. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.